How many of y'all are excited what God's doing? The presence of God this morning is, I mean, up here. It's awesome. So this series that, uh, that Pastor Sean's on is a powerful series, and it's, it's perfect timing. It's God's timing. And God's going to do some new things in 2019, and you guys need to grab hold of that. And, and really, it's going, to be some, it's going to be an action series. And it, it, what that means, it's going to be action that we need to do. It's going to require us to do some action. It's going to also require us to have some faith and, and have some faith and, and walk that out in what God wants to do uh, in us and through us. It's going to be new. There's going to be some new, uh, some new thoughts, new ideas, new talents, new business ventures, new abilities, new ministries, new leading. It's going to be about new and ultimately, it's going to be given glory to God, and it's going to be blessings that are, are new. God makes all things new. God makes all things new. Say that with me. God makes all things new. Say it one more time. God makes all things new. You guys need to get that deep into your spirit. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your presence today. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that, that things are new in you. And Lord, we just give this time to you. God, just do what you want to do. This is your time. This is your service. We thank you for that. We praise you for that. And all God's people said, amen. amen. So what does it look like to stand in the gap? When you stand in the gap in the natural, you get things like this. kind of standing in the gap. Or it may look like this. Not really sure what that squirrel's doing, but he's standing in the gap. Or it could be this. How many of y'all would want to do that? Yeah. That would be awesome. I don't know where that is, but it'd be really fun to do that. Uh, probably be a little risky, but that's okay. But it would be awesome. And then you have this. That's actually standing in the gap. <laughs> the gap store, but it's standing in the gap. Well, that's really not what we're talking about. We're talking about what does it mean to truly stand in the gap? It's praying for our families. It's praying for each other. It's praying over our kids. It's praying over our church and being involved and serving in our church. It's about being praying over our city and serving in the community. It's praying for our nation it's praying and standing in the gap for our military, for our first responders, for our law enforcement officers. This means standing and praying for in our schools and putting God in our schools. And that means praying and going to the nations. It's about seeing and acting. It's about seeing a need and then acting upon that need. It's about serving one another. It's about serving our community. It's about listening to the Holy Spirit and obeying and stepping out in faith and doing what he's asked us to do. We need people that will stand in the gap for us and will stand in the gap with us. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another and build each other up. I'm so thankful for men that are in my life that if I called them at 2 o'clock in the morning and I said, I need your help, they wouldn't ask for what. They would ask, where do you want me to go? 
Where do I need to meet you? What do I need to help with? We all need people like that in our lives that will stand in the gap no matter what. So thank God for men and women that will stand with us no matter what and no matter when. So I have two questions for you. Who or what are you standing in the gap for? And then who has stood in the gap for you? So about two months ago, Pastor Sean referenced this, about two months ago, God downloaded this, this, uh, this sermon to me. And it was interesting because he showed me that there were five people that were supposed to come up and share how they're standing in the gap. The interesting thing was, uh, with it <laughs> was that he didn't show me who the five people were. They were literally silhouettes of the people. So I'm like, all right, perfect. You know, <laughs> this will be fun. <laughs> i got to figure this out. So I'm like, God, come on, show me who these five people are. And nothing. Gave me absolutely nothing. But the interesting thing was, is that God was working placing this series on Pastor Sean's heart, putting, setting up these five people that were supposed to share. And again, I kept asking, God, who are these people? Show me who they are. Silence, just absolute silence. But that's just how God works. Because again, it was that time, the silhouettes were his timing, not mine, not anybody else's, but he was working to set those up. Whenever God calls us to a task, he will, uh, he will equip us and enable us to complete that task. Hebrews 13, 20 through 21, may the God of peace equip you with everything good that you may do his will. Fast forward to the, to the packing party. And so from that time until the packing party, how many of y'all were involved in that process? Up to that point, it really wasn't even on my radar anymore because, again, I, I, I was like, okay, Lord, this is your timing. You'll figure this out. And it just really wasn't even on my radar. But the cool thing was is I'm talking to Daniel. And a lot of you all know Daniel. He's on the worship team, just, just an awesome musician and artist. Um, and so Daniel and I were just talking, and what happened was, as Daniel and I were talking about just, I mean, we're just hanging out talking, and Daniel, start, Daniel started to share some things, and when that happened, Daniel's face is right here in front of me, and then all of a sudden, this silhouette was over here, and Daniel's face was in the silhouette, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right, I get this now. I see how this is going to play out to where God's going to reveal who these people are in this process of just, again, in his timing. And so as we're speaking, Daniel was talking about really, and he didn't know, but he was talking about how standing in the gap has impacted him. With that, give Daniel a hand as he comes up to share.
My uh, story is not really about me. It's about um, my parents. When they had me, they prayed that uh, <clears throat> my future spouse would be a godly woman and serve the Lord with all of her life. And meanwhile, while they were praying, um, lo and behold, my mother-in-law, who was 15 at the time, and was at a party. And, of course, things happen at parties that normally 15-year-olds shouldn't be involved with. And <clears throat> she became pregnant. And she didn't really want to tell anybody. She hid it for a very long time. And uh, finally, her mother found out, and they chose life. And that choice of her choosing life, even though she wasn't following the Lord at the time, she just choose, chose to have a, a child and choose life, impacted not only <clears throat> her life, because that child grew up to be an amazing woman. Uh, at the age of 12, she gave her life to the Lord. And not only... <clears throat> inspired herself to become a godly woman, but started leaving notes for her mother about scriptures and different things for her mom to get to go to church. And she impacted her mom's life tremendously. And she moved from Texas to Lathrop, Missouri, where I was growing up. And my sophomore year in high school, I couldn't get her out of my head. And uh, she was such an amazing woman. And she stood in the gap because she didn't just roll over without having a father in her life. She didn't roll over with the fact that she didn't have all this stuff that most traditional families have. But she seeked God with all of her heart, and God gave her that godly father. And she impacted her mother's life. And the prayer of my parents back in 1982 impacted my life in 2004 when we got married. Because not only did she impact my heart, but then I have four beautiful kids because God used her, and she filled in the gap. So I'm just so blessed, and anyone out there who has anything that's, that's close to that, choose life, choose God, and he'll impact you in a mighty, mighty way. So, awesome. Yeah. I'll just tell you, God's got some incredible things that he's going to do through Daniel. And I'm telling you, it's going to impact generation after generation after generation. It's going to be good. Give God praise for that. So the next person that God went like this with <laughs> was Joseph Heron. Joseph has a gift, and a lot of y'all know Joseph, but Joseph has a gift of prayer. He has a, 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 God uses him to open doors that none of us can open. It's God working through Joseph. And what comes from that, of breaking down these walls, opening doors that nobody else can open, is freedom and victory. Give Joseph a hand as he comes to share. So um, there's so many stories that God's given me, um, but I first wanted to say, you know, I'm not anything over the top special. I just, God just said, says it, I listen, and then obey, and it's the same thing that each of us get to do. And so what, one story I want to share, um, 
of God breaking some chains is just, I was up in, I sh- it was interesting when, Tom, you asked me to say this, I shared this story last week with somebody, and God said, share it again. I said, okay, so we'll share it today. I went out of town on a business trip on a Sunday, and I hate missing Sunday morning church. I just, I can't stand it. And so I'm up there. I said, no, I'm going to church. And everybody around me went, you're going where? I said, see ya. I'm going to church. I Googled one and went over to it. As I'm in the service, a gentleman comes up to me, and they're like, anybody new? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'm here. You know, you, you new people know how that is, you know, a little awkward. And so the guy comes up, and he puts his hand on my shoulder, and I start talking to him. And then after the service, he comes up to me. He goes, I think, and we start chatting. And God just broke down every barrier, and we started chatting about deep things of God. And he starts sharing things that he, he didn't share with anybody. And this gentleman happened to run many... Um, Christian drug and alcohol abuse programs in the state of Pennsylvania and some other um, programs. And through God just giving me insight, I had no way of knowing anything about this man. He took me aside, and I had the privilege of ministering to this man for about two hours. And he was in leadership of their church. So it's like, if God's going to take you out somewhere on a Sunday and you're not at home, expect him to use you wherever you're going. But it was, it was neat. I mean, God set him free. I mean, this is a man that's ministering to people. He's a strong believer. And God set him free from many addictions, he, perversions in his life. And I get to call that man friend. And God doesn't see the sin on him. He's going, that's my son. I want to set him free. I want to, I want to break these chains. And, and he sees us with the righteousness of God. And so it's, it's just seeing people the way that God sees them. And the, the verse I want to share with you is James 5.19. It says, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. So if God tells you to, hey, go talk to this person, he's not showing you what's going on in their life so you can judge them. He's showing you so you can bring them closer to him. And so it's, it's just a privilege and an, and an honor. So awesome. The cool thing about Joseph is he is just open and willing and takes that action that God directs him to do. So the next one was kind of interesting because Brian Van Howen actually came up to me and asked me if I could, if I could assist in... Uh, in, in something that, uh, and I'll let him share that. But, and so as we were, again, we were talking, God interlaced Brian's face and the silhouette together. So Brian is, uh, is, is Liberty's high school, one of the coaches on the football team. Um, and God has given him an open door and he's going to share a little bit about what that looks like, but he's given an open door to touch 
the lives and impact the lives of the, of the boys that are on his football team. So, Brian, come up and share. Um, uh, this is my 20th year uh, coaching here at Liberty, and uh, I think it's very apropos that I, I'm talking this morning and I see a lot of Liberty North um, fans <laughs> in the crowd and shirts and Letterman jackets. But um, anyway, I'm the defensive coordinator, Liberty High School, and uh, one of the things that I get to do is go to the uh, AFCA National Convention, um, and this year it just happened to be in San Antonio. Um, and I was uh, down there this last weekend with my wife, and um, one of my favorite things to do is uh, I get to go to the uh, worship service on Sunday mornings, and uh, it, it's really a powerful thing to see uh, 300 coaches and um, some of their wives uh, worshiping on a Sunday morning, and uh, the FCA breakfast is always a, a really neat, neat thing the next day. And it was at one of these uh, events that about 10 years ago, uh, I heard um, the famous Billy Graham quote that a coach's influence will be more great in people's lives in one year than the average person will have in a lifetime. And it was that that inspired me and guys like Tony Dungy and uh, Dabu Sweeney at Clemson that really inspired me and motivated me to look at coaching uh, differently. Um, early in my career, I, I was a much more transactional coach. Um, worried more about wins and losses, X's and O's, and that sort of thing. And over the past decade, I, I, and I'm still in the, in the process of this, becoming more of a, a transitional type of a coach where uh, wins and losses are still you know, significant, but uh, the wins and losses for the Lord are more important. And I, I want to win as much as anybody. Um, I think the only person more competitive in our house is my wife. Um, I, I dropped her off at a uh, baby shower yesterday, and she's complaining about um, playing the baby shower games. Doesn't like those. And uh, a couple hours later, she shows up at a, our chief's watch party, and she's got all these uh, clothespins on her. And... <laughs> I'm like, what are those for? She goes, well, I won every game. <laughs> so, so very, very competitive household. But uh, winning and losing uh, for the Lord has become so much more important. And as I have become more transitional in my thinking, uh, I began to ask God, you know, what do you want me to do with this? How do I, how do, I do this? So... About 10 years ago, uh, I felt God pressing on me that I should start a pregame chapel time with our football players at Liberty High School. And it's um, about 10 to 15 minutes after a pregame meal and before our pregame uh, team meetings and positional meetings. And the first time I did it, we started out with about seven or eight boys showed up. Um, and now, 10 years later, about 60 to 70 boys Exactly, and uh, occasionally some girls. We have girls that play football at Liberty High School too, and uh, it was. I had asked Tom to come and uh, speak to those guys uh, on a Sunday or on a Friday afternoon, and uh, that was how this 
kind of came to be. Um, but this is my gap. And the public school is my mission field. And football is just my platform for God. And I really love this analogy of standing in the gap. Uh, because as a defensive coordinator, my job is to defend gaps, study the offense, learn the plays they want to run, and the offense's job is to create gaps. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Satan is constantly looking for gaps in our world. And God is like a great defensive coordinator. He's going to look to put people in gaps. And we all have a gap to fill. And this is just my gap. Awesome. Next one, and it was kind of interesting on this one because, and I'm going a little out of order, and you'll understand why in a second. But this one, I knew shortly after God downloaded it, I knew who it was. I thought I knew. You know how sometimes that you can think things and you're not sure if it's God or if it's you thinking it? But come to find out, it was actually God, not me thinking it. And so this person, I, I went up to him and I said, stopped, stopped her and I said, I'm not sure, <laughs> but I think that you're supposed to share in a sermon. And her face like lit up and she was like, yes, that's exactly what... God has shown me, and I'm like, really? <laughs> like, okay, so again, a little bit different, but, but God was just, you know, again, I, probably just to, to switch it up a little bit, <laughs> but, uh, but so when this happened, I was like, okay, it was just confirmation, knew who it was. So Caden Holleran, um, some of y'all know her, 15 years old. And I remember in Route 56, when Becky and I were leading Route 56, she would always want to pray. She was either wanting to pray in the beginning or at the closing or praying for people. Um, some of you all uh, may remember two years ago at TNT, she got up at 13 years old and prayed an incredible prayer of blessing and, and over, over the church during, during Thunder, uh, Thursday Night Thunder. So it was incredible. Caden, um, come on up here for a minute. So my name is Caden, and I believe that I have been called to stand in the gap for the depressed kids at my school. So this whole thing started last year. I started going to a new school, and it's a Christian private school, so it's a really good environment. I've been to schools before where students are just really wrapped up in ungodly things and consumed by the pull of the world. So this school was definitely really different, and I think the transition was nice. Um, all of the teachers 
we're Christians and the gospel has been woven throughout every subject. So it's definitely a nice change. And I think because there's so many good things about that school, especially because it's a Christian environment, the thing that really surprised me is that there's still brokenness there and that brokenness comes in the form of depression. So I felt called to be a light to them. I just wasn't really sure how to go about it. So I started talking to them and praying for them. And pretty soon they started telling me things that really shocked me. One girl told me that she tried to kill herself multiple times. Another kid said that he wasn't expected to live to see 40 years old and that fear had driven him to terrible things. And another girl told me that for every object she sees, she thinks of a way to kill herself with it. And when I saw my classmates, my friends going through those things, it really just broke my heart, you know? So I started doing what I thought would fix the problem. I started researching depression, trying to take on the role of some kind of therapist. I was just desperately trying to understand, like, what are they going through and are there things that I can do to help them? And that wasn't right, though. Something about that wasn't right. And so I knew I had been called to stand in the gap for them. I just knew that what I was doing in my own power wasn't working. So I kept praying, and I asked God for guidance. And one night he answered me, and he told me, you are not going to be a light to them because you have experience with depression. You are going to be a light to them because you have experience with joy. And that changed my whole perspective. So I started putting my energy into spreading joy and focusing on positivity. And pretty soon, the kids started to ask me, like, have you ever felt sorrow before? Like, have you, haven't you ever experienced loss? How are you so happy all of the time? And I answered truthfully. I said, yes, I've experienced loss, like loss in friendships and the lives of family members. But I can have joy for many reasons. And there are two of them that I want to share with you. Number one is that I know who I am. At a young age, my parents wrote this for me. It's not upside down, okay. (laughs) And made me recite it every night. And eventually I memorized it and the words became rooted in my heart. Every kid in my family has one of these. They're called identity statements. And mine's a good reminder to see truth about who I am. And I believe that truth is who God says I am. I am a daughter of the Most High King. I am chosen. I am wanted. I am loved. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My identity was paid for in the blood of my Savior, and not my sin or any force of hell can take that away from me. That is what I believe about my identity, and that is the truth, and I have joy because of that. And the second reason that I can be joyful is because the truth of the gospel gives me joy. I believe in God's promises, and I have a hope for a future. I have hope for my eternity. Psalms 126, 2 through 3 says, Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues sang with joy. Then the people of other nations said, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. And it's true. I believe that God has done great things for me. I know this is true. The greatest thing God did for me was sending his perfect son to die on a cross for my sins. There is great joy in the gospel. And though it might be hard to see sometimes, there is also great joy in our faith. 1 Peter 1, 8 through 9 says, Even though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him. You are filled with a glorious joy that can't be put into words. You are receiving the salvation of your souls. It is the result of your faith. 
And just another thing I wanted to say about depression and joy is that depression is looking inward. Of course, when you look inside of yourself, you're going to see darkness because we live in a fallen world and we are sinners. But joy is looking upward. Joy is looking beyond yourself and focusing on the true and ultimate giver of joy, which is Christ. And the thing is, I really want this for the kids at my school. I want them to experience this kind of joy And I'd pray for us today that we would just claim the freedom that God had won for us so long ago and be filled with spiritual joy. So I'm just going to pray for us. Dear God, I thank you for everyone here today. I pray that you help us remember that you are the great physician and have the power to heal us physically and spiritually. I pray for the depressed God, the kids at my school, and even people in this room. Remind them of who you are and who they are. Help us to always seek after you and be a light to those in the darkness. Please, God, fill us with your joy. In your name I pray. Amen. Fifteen years old. Telling you. Mm, Powerful. All right. Next one. So some of you all know Carol Graham. And Carol is here somewhere today. I see you back there. Um, Some of you all may know Carol's uh, father passed away, uh, what, two weeks ago, roughly? And uh, she was going to be part of this. She asked if, uh, if we could just kind of stand in the gap for her. So we're going to do that today. Um, but back in 1997, Carol was sitting in a church service similar to this. And God spoke to her and gave her a vision of what she was supposed to do to stand in the gap. So Carol started the Liberty Women's Clinic, and, and a lot of you all know what that is and where it is, and you've been a part of that, but we'll run through some statistics real quick. In 2018, they had 665 client visits, uh, 3,967 services were, were provided, and 253 decisions were made for life. Give God praise for that. So we've got a quick video that uh, kind of outlines the Liberty Women's Clinic and what Carol has, has done. Let's roll that. At Liberty Women's Clinic, we believe in the sanctity of human life. Our mission is to minister with the love of Christ to the practical, emotional, and spiritual needs of women, their partners, and parents who face the trauma of an unplanned pregnancy. The vision for Liberty Women's Clinic was birthed after Carol Graham, our founder and CEO, received a calling from the Lord in 1997 to open a pregnancy center in the Liberty area. We empower women to make informed choices about their pregnancy by providing free pregnancy tests and ultrasounds in a safe and accepting environment. We always hope for life and yet will walk alongside our clients no matter the choice they make. Approximately 1 million babies are aborted each year in the United States, almost 3,000 per day. Local pregnancy centers like Liberty Women's Clinic work to lower this number. 
Here at the Liberty Women's Clinic, 8 out of 10 women choose life when they see their babies through ultrasound. The clinic also helps our clients find the resources they need. We assist clients with Medicaid applications, finding doctors or support groups, getting diapers, Christmas presents, or even housing. We work out of our space in Liberty as well as in our mobile clinic that goes into urban Kansas City two days a week. You can join the life-saving mission of Liberty Women's Clinic by praying, volunteering, or donating. Join us as an advocate for life as we continue to serve as the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. There's a lot of different ways that you all can get involved in that, in volunteering. They, uh, they do the, the, light, uh, the Night for Light 5, or 5K run. Some of you all have done that, the Glow Run. Uh, a Bat for Life uh, sponsorship that they, uh, that they do. And then Holiday Homes Tours. I mean, all these things are fundraisers that you guys can be a part of. And then, I didn't know this, but there's actually Chiefs tickets that you can buy. And part of the proceeds uh, of the sale of those go to Liberty Women's Clinic. So there's a lot of ways to get involved. Carol? Thank you for standing in the gap. It's awesome. So I'd like to ask that the ushers come forward at this time. They're going to be handing out some cards. And those cards are stand in the gap cards. They're a little different than the other cards that are on the building fund. But this one is to answer those two questions. How are you standing in the gap and who are you standing in the gap for or what are you standing in the gap for? So as they pass these cards out, during this time, the worship team's gonna play, but they're just gonna, they're gonna minister to you. And at this time, I want you to open your heart and let God speak to you as to who or what you need to stand in the gap for. Write those down on those cards. Those are going to go home with you. They're going to go in your Bible. They're going to go in your car, on your visor. You can't really put them on your refrigerator anymore because they're all stainless steel and nothing sticks to them. But you all figure out where that goes. But ask God to show you who are you supposed to stand in the gap for, what are you supposed to stand in the gap for, Take the action and act upon that and have the faith to watch God move through you on behalf of those things that you put down on those cards.